As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. There is no shortage of action going on with our partners over at betonline.ag. The sports world is slowly making its way back with the NBA announcing its return in late July. But right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play and BetOnline has the best odds and lines for their upcoming schedules and matches. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for our devout gamblers to check out. BetOnline also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. UVA football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. Welcome back to the Guys and Ties podcast. This is Dustin. I've got Rob on the phone. It has been a a little bit, like a maybe ten days, two weeks. Rob, how are you? How are you been doing? I'm great, man. You know, uh, glad to be back on the pod as always. It has been a little while, and for a while, not much happened while we were off. Yeah, uh, there wasn't a lot to talk guess about. What? Things have happened <laughs> this week. A lot has happened, and so we are going to go. We're going to get into it. We're going to talk about all of the action that's going on. And I think I think the main thing that's been happening is the announcement that some fall sports might not be happening in the fall. And I want to start with you, Rob. What would your feelings be like if there was no football happening in the fall? Yeah, I mean, I think you guys know, man. I mean, football is my sport. Like, I, I love Tony Bennett. I love college basketball. I love the rest of the college athletics world and UVA's world specifically, but man, nothing gets me going like college football, dude. Just, there's just nothing like it. And, you know, I, I texted you this, I know you texted me something similar. I just don't see how we can have college football this year. I just don't see how it's going to happen. You know, it was always kind of tricky when we were playing this balancing act, you know, over the past couple weeks, but you know, it really feels like the dominoes started to fall this week, you know, between, uh, the Ivy League's decision on Wednesday to cancel fall sports. And, you know, then all the Power Five conferences said, well, that doesn't affect us, you know, different TV deals, et cetera, et cetera. But then the Big Ten comes out and says, hey, we're only going to do a conference schedule. And then the ACC comes out and says, we're probably only going to do a conference schedule. To me, you know, it just seems like the dominoes are falling right now. And, you know, I think it's going to end with no college football this fall. Um, what's your take there, Dustin? Dude, I think I think that when, you know, if football is not going to happen in the fall, 
honestly don't see it happening for the rest of this year. And, you know, people are talking about, well, maybe it can be just conference games. Maybe it can be uh, it pushed back to the spring. But, you know, there's so many things, you know, wrong with that. If there's only conference games, how do we determine teams if teams are good or bad you know because Clemson's gonna wipe through the ACC right and there's no way to justify if they're good enough or not and do we have a national championship game if this if there's only conference games what the heck's gonna happen with Notre Dame you know they're not in a conference UConn's not in a conference so how do we judge I mean UConn I think is gonna suck but Notre Dame is probably gonna be pretty good again so how do we judge them if they're not if they're only playing like Navy uh how do we judge it anyone based on that like if virginia runs through let's say we're really good let's say we run through the coastal we're not going to be ranked that high because no one from the coastal has played anyone else that is any good and so this is kind of like a conundrum where the sec is probably going to rip itself apart the uh, big 12 is going to rip itself apart big 10 they're not going to play anyone else and so we're going to have all these conferences where it's really difficult to tell who's good and who's not good. And I think that's going to be a huge problem. And going back to like pushing it back to the spring, that's difficult because you've got basketball in the spring. And I don't think there's enough TV deals and TV slots open to have all those games. And so that's a huge loss of revenue. I don't think that that's going to happen. And so I think they're going to push for this conference only schedule. It's going to be weird. It's going to suck. And the season will probably get canceled when a couple guys get coronavirus during the season, because if yeah, you're I gonna mean, if you're gonna have teams play each other, they're gonna have to be on campus or on grounds, and they're not gonna be in that bubble. It's gonna be impossible. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the big part. Like college sports, the bubble isn't possible. You know, it's not like you can stick, you know, all these football teams in Disney World. And right. like these guys are still going to class. Like we make jokes. Like certainly there's a huge, you know, non-academic part of the NCAA. It'd be easier for UNC. It'd be easier for UNC. But, you know, we're, there's still a, a huge academic component to it. You know, we're not saying it's the end-all be-all. You know, there's certainly billions of dollars in sports. Um, but you can't do a bubble in college sports. You just can't. It can't be like the NBA. And, you know, we have to kind of, as a society, also decide, you know, like, what's the level of tolerance we're willing to accept? Like, for example, you know, these schools that are saying, oh, we had 30, 40 positive tests, you know, that seems pretty big. You know, UVA came out today, which is Friday, and said, uh, you know, they only had two positive tests out of 110 with their football team. You know, is that good enough? I mean, it's certainly much better than the other schools. And I think a testament to the way UVA has handled this, you know, delaying bringing athletes back, you know, certainly behind when most other schools are. But, you know, are we just going to say like, okay, two positive tests, that's okay. Like we're going to roll with that. And maybe we are, but maybe we don't, I don't know. You know, it's kind of a societal decision that needs to be made. And, you know, it's just so hard to see any of this happening, man. And it kills me. Like I want nothing more. Like one of my favorite days of the year is the first day of college football season. (laughs) Like you wake up that first day, get college game day going. I love it, but I just don't see how it can happen. You know, like even with these schedules, you know, I don't even know if, we locked in and said, yeah, we're going to play an eight game conference schedule. You know, is that good enough? Like, you know, we're narrowing the geography a little bit, but at the same time, like we still kind of have up and down the East coast schools that are going to be, you know, on UVA schedule. 
And it's like, yeah, we're getting rid of Georgia, but we also play Miami, which is farther away. So I don't know, man. It just seems it just seems like we're trying to reach all these imperfect compromises and it's all just going to end up that it's, I just don't see it happening. I just don't. You know, I can I can see where, you know, ADs are looking at, you know, with the conference scheduling and only scheduling conference games, because if you do that, then you are kind of bubbling the teams and who they play. Um, so like we're not let let like let's say we ha, we play non-conference games in the football season. Let's say we play um, Georgia, right? If one of our players gets tested positive for coronavirus, Georgia's team is also going to have to quarantine as well as a team that Georgia plays the next week, right? And so that it just kind of creates a domino effect in that sense. So I guess like having people only play within the conference, you can just shut down the conference for two weeks and the other teams wouldn't, or like you'd only shut down half the conference because the other teams wouldn't have played them. That's, that's the only, so it's kind of like the bubble, but then again, you still have to travel, right? The students are still seeing other students on campus. And so it's just not going to work. I'm so disappointed that, it's not going to work. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we're all hoping, you know, certainly myself that like it could work, you know, like all this happened, you know, what in the U S starting in March, like that's at least when I started working from home still am. And, you know, the hope was just like, Oh, we're going to get better. It'll be okay. And then like, you know, the second spike came in, you know, and a lot of it's concentrated in certain States and not to take this away from sports, but things just like haven't progressed the way we, we hope they would. And this is just kind of where we're at. And, you know, I think it's good that, you know, UVA specifically is taking precautions and Jeff White put out a good piece, uh, Q and a with Carla Williams today, kind of going back and forth on how they're approaching it. But, you know, I think such a huge takeaway from that article too, is just how they're going to try everything they can to make football work because all the athletic departments are so dependent on it. And like, you know, a year ago we were talking about this master plan for UVA and they're going to have to cut that down because, I mean, the funding is just not there. And, you know, with the economy like this, I don't think they're going to expect the funding to kind of come out of nowhere. Um, so it's just God, it's, it's just so hard, man. And I think, you know, I remember the week, um, you know, when we started canceling the college basketball tournaments and the week where the NBA shut down and, you know, how it all kind of had that build up effect. And you know, it's maybe not as dramatic right now just because sports aren't happening, but I think it's the same impact we had this week. You know, it was the first kind of realization, you know, kind of as a society that, hey, you know, this probably isn't going to happen. Yeah. And that's you know, what I'm feeling. Yeah, you know, it started off eerily similar to how the college basketball tournaments were canceled back in March. Uh, if you look at it, you know, the Ivy League basically canceled at first and then all the other conferences kind of fell on the wayside. And, you know, Virginia didn't even play in their conference game. Um, and so I, I'm just, I'm curious as to what the other conferences will do. The Big Ten has already said they're all already only doing conference games. SEC hasn't said anything. Big 12 hasn't said anything. But depending on, you know, what the other conferences say, there's going to be some conferences that basically just have to play their conference games because no one else is going to be doing non-conference. So I think eventually all the conferences are going to fall this way and it's just going to become kind of normal for this season. And you were talking about funding. Um, 
Carla Williams just came out and said that she's expecting to have up to a 30% drop from in revenue from last year. And that's if football and basketball still go on without interruptions, which I, I can guarantee right now is not going to happen. So yeah, we're, we're already think- losing revenue. They don't, they, they're going to try and do everything they can to not lose as much as possible. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole incentive here. I mean, that's what's driving everything. That's the horse that's driving the car right now. But I mean, it's just so, so hard to see. And, you know, you bring it up a good point with like the conference schedules and where does that leave people? I mean, the big ACC story is Notre Dame. You know, mm-hmm. is this the best bargaining chip that the ACC has ever had to say, hey, Notre Dame, you know, you want to play football this year? You know, why don't you join the ACC? And fully you know? join the ACC, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Swafford has said so far, he's like, yeah, we'll accommodate them for now. But you can certainly make the argument, like, why would you accommodate Notre Dame? You know, they're not technically in the ACC for football. So, yeah, I mean, it's there's so many dominoes that could fall. And I mean, looking, you brought it up earlier, but like looking at next year, you know, say say we do spring football and maybe basketball starts post uh, post New Year's, like, I'm sure TV would make it work. There's too much at stake not to make it work. But are we just going to be like <laughs> glued to the TV like for just like New Year's through June? And then there's the logistical nightmare of saying like, hey, if you do a spring college football season, uh, you know, say that football season ends in like May or something. And then are you telling guys to turn around two months later and come back to training camp? You know, it's and then the issue of the NFL draft and. You know, I know Lincoln Riley said spring football is definitely possible, but it would be hard to do, man. It would be very, very hard to do. Yeah, well, just think about. I don't know, dude. Like, like what gets what gets pushed away if football happens in the spring? Does basketball get put on the back burner? Because I know a lot of people don't want that. Um, Even though football probably would take precedent, there's a lot of people that'd be unhappy if it's football all Saturday instead of basketball. Um, I know people in March love love watching those conference tournaments, those conference games. Now that's probably going to get pushed back too. And we can talk about that in a sec, but having two major two the two major sports at the same time in college playing at the same time, I think is a clear loss of revenue. And I think they're going to avoid that as much as possible. Cause like what, what, what do you show? What are you going to show on ESPN on Saturday? Are you going to show all football games? Or are you going to show some basketball games too? Cause there's some football teams that are going to lose a lot of revenue because of that yeah yeah i mean there's no like what even what even sports last to that point you know stanford cut 11 sports this past week and you know it sucks to see him go they admittedly like weren't huge revenue drivers i don't think uva even had all the sports that they cut but like how long can these athletic departments go i mean it's not like these guys are just like sitting on piles of cash and just saying yeah like we're prepared for this like if there's not a college football season and even if they say, Hey, we'll move it to spring, you know, but there's not going to be anything for the rest of, you know, 2020 year, you know, not every athletic department and every sports team is even going to make it that far. Mm -hmm. Like there's just not enough funding and availability around for that. Yeah. Yeah. My, my guess is that that'll be a last resort kind of thing for UVA. Cause I think that, you know, what Carla Williams is trying to do with the master plan is get, all those non-revenue sports kind of an equal footing to where football and basketball are right now. And of course up, up the football and basketball programs. But my guess is that she would be very, very reluctant to cut any sport at this point. 
Yeah, I mean, that's certainly the hope, at least. That um, is the hope, but I, I'm trying to have a positive outlook because <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> know, else positive been, to talk pretty, about. pretty dire start to this episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nothing good is happening right now. <laughs> it's been a, a bit of a panic and stress-filled week in mm-hmm. the college sports world. Yeah, and just, you know, all, like, I, and going back to the Ivy League, like, the Ivy League isn't having any fall sports, no fall sports at all. That includes football, that includes soccer, that includes volleyball, that includes everything. And so all those athletes, you know, and here's a question, do those athletes still have scholarships to those schools? Because if not, that poses a whole lot of questions for that. Um, what about athletes that are coming from other countries? Do they Are they even going to be allowed in the country? Are they going to be allowed to stay at school? And there's just a lot of questions that we don't have answers to. And it's kind of like, you know, a lot of other things happening right now in regards to coronavirus. There's no answers for a lot of this. It's like, when when is a vaccine going to be available? When, how are we going to go back to school? That's something that's been on my mind a lot is, you know, going back to school and how, how the heck that's going to work. I think that this just kind of piles up on everything else. It's like, how do we get sports back when we can't, be near people and that's hard to hard to think about yeah i mean especially football which is like contact like close close up close and personal like 100 percent um you know and i think the point you raise with scholarships is actually very interesting too um because you know looking at how that's going to play out you know i'd imagine they'd stay on scholarship but you know the spring sports kind of set the precedent that hey you know they most of those schools and teams barely began their spring season so they set the precedent of saying hey we're going to keep your eligibility but then what do rosters look like next year i mean looking at football you can have 85 people on scholarship you know realistically the football team is call it 100 to 110 players when you include the Mm walk-ons but if you're saying the eligibility remains you know how does that change the scholarship limits that they're allowed you know are there just going to be tons of players on the team? Like, are you essentially going to have what would have been two classes that never played together, like be able to play together? Like you're yeah. talking four years of players or five years of players instead of four years of players. You know, it's, it's just so, so interesting, man. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it's like glad I don't have to make these decisions, but yeah. there's so, <laughs> it's so many consequences, man. Like every time, like you realize like something, it's like, Oh, well that's going to change that. We're just going to change that. And it just keeps going. Yeah. I have a um, question for you, if you'd be open to this. Um, if if the football season, instead of having 11-on-11, 11 11, what if we went to 7-on-7 seven seven for this season? I think that would solve some problems. How do you feel about that? In terms of like spacing and people on the field at the same time, how do you feel about a seven-on-seven seven season? I mean, I would hate it. <laughs> to, me, the, to me, the beauty of football is like the 11-on-11, 11 11, the contact, the strategy. Like mm-hmm. If we're just making it flag football, you know, from an entertainment point of view, I wouldn't like it. And it certainly would crush certain teams who are really dependent on running the football. But, you know, like even to bring it back to like Corona and like tell me what you think about this too, but like, you're still going to have those guys practicing together. Like they're still going to come into contact with other teams. And maybe Mm -hmm. if it's not as physical, you know, those guys, like, you know, the other six days of the week, they're practicing in their hometown, you know, call it Charlottesville for UVA. 
you know, they're still going to be around each other all the time. And then like, there's not a bubble. So it's, you know, that doesn't change anything. You know, to me, <laughs> to me, that just sounds like an awful product that doesn't solve any problems. But I, I don't know. I mean, like, that's the type of solutions that maybe will start getting floated around. Yeah. And I, and I just, I, I think, you know, I think they're going to try a lot of different stuff to, you know, combat coronavirus and com like be, be in guideline or sorry, be in line with, with social distancing and trying their best to do all that kind of stuff. So I feel like if there's anything that they could do to reduce the risk of catching coronavirus between teams, they're going to try it. And so like, you're looking at like if I had told you like last season that next season we would only be playing conference games, I think that would be a huge shock to a lot of people because <laughs> no one ever thought that that was a possibility, right? So I think that we're yeah. going to be seeing and like looking at the NBA, like who would have thought that the NBA would have this random assortment of teams go to, not random, but like it seems a little random, go to Disney World and stay there for like, two months and just play basketball at Disney world. I think that there's a lot of things that we're going to find pop up that we never thought of before. And it might be a little bit interesting. Like, is this, is this the year that maybe we get rid of the kickoff because kickoff has a lot of contact in it. Can we get rid of the kickoff? Are they going to yeah, do that, something? That sounds like such an old problem right now. <laughs> well, I know, but, but, but if you think yeah, about it, right, that's a way of reducing contact with people. So I think there's going to be a lot of things that they try and do that some might work and some is going to just seem really strange. But I think it's going to be interesting in the next coming weeks to see how that works and like, yeah. and like what they try. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's certainly going to be fascinating what happens yeah. you know, for better or worse. And, and, um, and speaking about, what's going to happen. I think it's going to be interesting to look at the NBA and how they're going to do stuff. And I want to talk about that in just a sec, but before we do that, I want to take a second and with a word from our sponsor from our favorite Manscaped. And I know Rob has been missing the Manscaped ad reads. And so I'm going to do one right now for Rob. Thanks, Justin. <laughs> Men, you got to start taking notes because Manscaped accidents are finally a thing of the past. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 has a beautifully designed to reduce those painful nicks and tugs. This is their third generation trimmer for featuring advanced skin safe technology so you keep your bad boys nice and smooth. The Manscaped engineering team obsesses over the technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. And they spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. And just released the news, an improved lawnmower 3.0. When I tell you that this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The water-resistant technology allows you to shave in the shower too. One of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show off your mower off loud and proud because this is intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So many people have written in stories about how the Lawnmower 3.0 has changed their lives. They even included pics so I could see the smoothness for myself. You need to try this out for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with code armchair at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. So let's talk about NBA 
and let's talk about I want to talk about the NFL too because we haven't really seen how that's going to work but they've said that they're going to have a season and it seems like the season is going forward so but let's talk about the NBA because that's going to be really the first major sport to come back and they have a pretty set plan where the players are in the bubble right now they're already there they're quarantining they're getting tested every day and it seems like they've got a pretty good setup now I know for the NBA it's a little bit easier because there's less players per team. They've only brought 20 or so teams down there to Disney World, and they've pretty much locked them up in their hotels, and they've got basketball courts in the hotels. So it seems pretty straightforward. How do you think the NFL is going to you know, try and protect their players and their teams? Yeah, I mean... NFL, it's harder to say, man. Like, NBA is unique in that they have the bubble and, you know, they're coming back for a shortened season and, you know, all the whole nine yards. But, like, looking at the broader sports, too, like, you know, I know we've been talking about college sports, especially, um, you know, given we're a UVA podcast. But, uh, you know, like, the NFL doesn't present quite as many logistical challenges as college sports, but it presents a lot, man, you know? it presents a whole lot of challenges. You're still going to be traveling. You know, there's still going to be training camp. You know, there's still going to have to be, you know, just the nature of football itself is kind of a violent physical contact sport. So, you know, I think it's really interesting what the NBA has done. And I think it's more interesting kind of in how they're doing it than necessarily like what they're doing, because it's so unique what they're able to do. Like I think hockey is doing something similar, but, yeah, I mean, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it because when I think NFL, I still think that's that's probably a long shot to happen too. Right, because if you think about it, like if a, if even one player gets coronavirus on a team, that whole team's going to shut down. The the teams that they play in the past two weeks are going to have to shut down. And I think I think if one player gets it, the whole league will probably have to take a break for two weeks. And that's just not something that they want to do. Do you think that the NFL could do something like a bubble for the NBA? Is that even possible? Is there even a facility with like 30 practice fields in the country? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't think they could do it. I mean, I think that's like the biggest thing and it applies to college too. Is like looking at these sports, you know, I think basketball, like, yes, you're inside and you know, there's probably not going to be fans there, but you know, you're dealing with 10 players on a court at a time and teams of, and college basketball has 13 scholarships and NBA, you know, they have a couple more players, but you know, it's, it seems way more manageable, you know, not saying it's executable, but it seems more manageable than football for sure. I mean, do you kind of feel the same way? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, cause I don't think you can bubble it in the NFL. I think there's just too many, like if you've got a 53 man roster, Plus, you've got however many coaches and trainers and other essential personnel per team. And you need housing for all of them. You need to feed all of them. And you need probably, I mean, most teams have like two or four practice fields at their facility. You're going to need at least two for each team. You're going to need playing fields for games. You're going to need refs to be there, too. I think it's just logistically impossible to have a bubble like the NBA does. Like NBA only has what, maybe 15, 16 guys per roster, less personnel. 
less refs, yeah, whatever it is, it, it's and less teams as well. So I think it's easier for them to do that. Plus, the NBA was already in season and kind of winding down, so it was easier to just kind of kick some teams out and say, "Hey, you're not going to make the playoffs. We don't care about you. Go home." And so, and so with NFL, it's like starting a new season. Everyone would have to do that, and and plus, like you know, we got training camp, um, and it's just it's just going to be a mess to try and do that. So I think that they're going to just try and have to do a regular season. But once again, if one player gets it, I think that they have to shut down the whole league for two weeks because it would be uh, unfair is not the right word, but it would be weird to have you know like half the league sitting out because they were in contact with this one player while the other half plays their games. And so I think it's just going to be a weird time where the league is going to have to figure out some stuff. And maybe they do something like college where they only play, you know, teams in their own conference, like in their own either um, AFL or, um, no, sorry, AFC or NFC. I mean, it's kind of late to change it now because they've already released schedules and, you know, they, they say that they're, everything's going to be normal, but nothing is normal right now. And so I think they're going to have to change some things in order to have at least a kind of semi-regular season. Yeah, I mean, I think it was Philip Rivers who said this. I might be wrong, but someone raised the question. He was like, yeah, like what happens if, you know, your star player tests positive for coronavirus like two days before the Super Bowl? Like you're are you going to pull them out? Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's just like this whole, or like, are people going to cover up tests? Like, I don't know, man. Like it's, it's wild to think about. And, um, you know, I just, I just don't know. I mean, I would say like the AFC versus NFC distinction. I mean, to me, part of the benefit of in college saying, Oh, you're only going to play a conference schedule is trying to keep everything geographically close. Mm-hmm. And, you know, AFC and NFC are both kind of all over the country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe there's some, in, Enforcement in there, you know, I don't think it'd be quite like AL, NL, and baseball. But I mean, to me, there seems kind of less of those scheduling solutions in football than maybe there is, or in I pro agree. football than there is in college football. I so agree. I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I feel like I just keep ending every sentence with I don't know, just because it's God. I mean, like, whoever's going to have to make these decisions, it's going to be so hard. And we, you're either it seems like you're going to make the right decision, which is not to do this, or you're right. just going to lose out on a ton of money. Like, I don't know. The guys in ties have no answers. We just have questions, <laughs> and we want them answered. We want them We're answered. More like philosophers, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> we'll we'll raise the questions, maybe give an answer. We have nothing to add. But, we have nothing yeah. to add. <laughs> We're just going to pause it on these situations. I think. You know, I think something that's going to, I think that the NFL is going to have struggles with, you know, not only having a complete season, but also player buy-in. There's definitely some players who I'm sure live with family members or, or see friends who are immunocompromised and might not feel comfortable playing in a NFL season. I know that in, you know, the NFL a couple of days ago released a statement that players aren't going to be allowed to swap jerseys after games in a kind of i know kind of a in a way to reduce contact but they're already they're already playing football right exactly (laughs) so i think the nfl is already trying to do some of these things and you know there's been a lot of player backlash to that already there's a lot of players who said like that's stupid because we're already as you said playing (laughs) football so it can't it can't get much worse than that and i just think that there's going to be a lot of pushback from 
players on this because the players, you know, in recent years have already felt like, you know, owners make a lot of money. Players want more kind of a bigger cut. I think that there could be some player backlash to this. And I'm sure we're going to hear from the NFL PA, the Players Association, regarding player safety and player health. Because at this point, the NFL has not done a lot to kind of provide answers to that. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly more up in the air. And I feel like the NFL is probably almost just waiting on the lead of college football, too. Mm-hmm. You know, their college is the ones that's in the spotlight right now because they have to be. You know, players are returning. Um, but, you know, I'm sure they'll kind of look and try to follow that lead as well. But you do bring up one good point And one thing, you know, if we have anything left that's CBA specific, one thing I was really happy about was that Bronco Mendenhall basically said, you know, if our guys don't feel bad, feel comfortable coming back to school because of coronavirus, you know, we're still going to honor the scholarships. Mm -hmm. And there's been a little bit of rumblings about, I think maybe there was a player or two that potentially didn't report, you know, they haven't released who's reported yet. They didn't release who the two positive tests were, but you know, from kind of like a safety and accountability standpoint, I thought that was a really good move by um, Bronco. And I don't know, maybe a lot of schools are doing that as well. I hope they are. Um, but I did want to call that out just because I think that absolutely is the right move to do. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, you know, kind of as we wrap up this, you know, kind of disappointing and depressing podcast, (laughs) is there anything else that you think, do you have any solutions for this? We've said a lot of problems. Is there anything that you think, you know, college sports could do in order to, have a full season that maybe people aren't talking about as much or that the conferences haven't announced yet? To me, no. And I mean, to me, that's kind of what is driving the inevitability of this whole thing is that, you know, this goes beyond sports. It goes beyond everything. You know, like I'm still working at home for the foreseeable future. You know, I have no idea when I'm going to go back to work in the office. Um, So, I mean, it's, to me, like, that's kind of the scary thing about it. And, you know, again, just the inevitability of it all is that, to me, I don't I don't really see a solution here. Do you? No, and I think it's just going to be kind of a, another waiting game is, you know, what, you know, what's worth it to not only the conferences, which is kind of what's driving college sports right now is like the money and the deals and the sponsorships, but are the players going to, buy into that and at what cost like kind of at what cost does the season occur right and we kind of mentioned this earlier we were texting earlier and talking about you know what is a acceptable quote um you know positive rate for coronavirus and right now it's like two out of 120 or something right and that's you know that's okay i mean that's that's a very small amount we we wish it was zero but at, at what point do we just shut down the season? Is it, is it, does any, if any player gets it, do we shut down the season? If, you know, five players get it, do we shut down the season? You know, Clemson already had 37 players test positive for coronavirus. Are, are they going to shut down their season because their team is just going to, it's just going to run through their team? Probably not. But at what point do we make this not about money? I think that's a question I'm looking for answers for. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, you know, money drives everything. And if if it wasn't about money, you know, then I think the season would have already been canceled. Mm -hmm. Like that's maybe that's a pessimistic way to look at it. But 
to me, money's driving everything. And that's the primary motivation. And they're going to, you know, I appreciate what UVA is doing, you know, trying to help out these student athletes. Um, but I mean, you know, UVA is no different than any other school. They're losing tons of money and, you know, they don't want to have to cut programs. They don't want to have to cut people and jobs. So they're trying to make the best they can. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to look at this and, you know, if a season does happen, you know, that's, that's what's driving it. And I think to me, that's the biggest factor here. When I look at the big tens decision to move to at minimum, uh, the conference schedule that they announced is that, the Big Ten, I'm pretty sure, has the biggest TV contract. You know, they have their mm-hmm. own network, Ben 10 Network. It's contracted through Fox. You know, I think that that's the biggest kind of like conference contract there is. You know, I know the ACC is the smallest from a dollar value. Yeah. So, you no know. No one wants when... to watch ACC football. <laughs> I guess not, man. I guess not. Basketball but... basketball is good, but like football is kind of like eh. outside of Clemson. It's kind of meh. Yeah. So, I mean. To me, when I read that, that was the first thing that clicked in my mind is that Mm -hmm. the conference with the biggest TV contract is already pulling games. And, you know, to me, that's just the biggest domino you can have there because they're basically admitting that, hey, we (laughs) we want this money, but like we're basically at the point where we can't we can't deal with more. We want this money, but we can't (laughs) have this money. (laughs) Like the inevitability reached its end. Um, So, I mean. We'll see how it goes, man. You know, ACC dropped, you know, late this afternoon. They'll make a decision on fall sports by mm-hmm. the end of July. You know, a nice little casual Friday afternoon news dump. Yeah. You know, those always end well. So that's, I guess that's what we're following yeah. from UVA side at least. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what the ACC does and what the rest of the conferences in the country do, as well as, you know, how the bubble works for the NBA and what the NFL eventually ends up doing, whether they change anything or not. And we'll continue to kind of update y'all on that as well as get you hopefully some positive UVA news. Um, Speaking of positive UVA news, Rob, are there any shout outs that you want to give Any yells you want to give? I've got a yell. (laughs) God, it feels like forever since we've given any yells. We we haven't done, there hasn't been a lot of (laughs) positive stuff per se. (laughs) Yeah, you go first. I'll go first. Well, I was just on Twitter and I saw this interesting stat from Fox Sports that said um, it was the top five uh, basketball teams who have had the most number one seeds in the uh, NCAA tournament. UNC is first with 17, Kansas is second, and Duke is tied with them at 14, Kentucky's at 12, and UVA sneaks into that five slot with seven number one seed appearances. And of course, three of them have come in the last seven years. So shout out to Tony for all of those number one seeds. Heck yeah, man. Uh, let's stick with basketball. Um, off the top of my head, we'll go Justin Anderson. Justin Anderson signed uh, with the Brooklyn Nets. So mm-hmm. he's back on the team. He'll be in the bubble this year. Yeah, that was a little while uh, ago. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm digging for news here. Man. <laughs> there hasn't been a lot happening. <laughs> We're going deep. We're going in deep. One more yeah, thing. I mean, the way I see it, you know, like we can go back to like April or whenever the last time yeah. we gave yells was. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah no, good for Justin Anderson. Glad to see him back on the roster. One more thing. I think this is kind of positive news, but with the NBA, I think it's interesting to see the, the kind of food that they're getting served at Disney. And, oh, that's um, great. Yeah. <laughs> finally, 
finally this morning, as reported by Barstool, that they got uh, Mickey waffles this morning. So um, <laughs> I'm happy that they're getting what they deserve, and uh, I hope that they find as much happiness as those waffles have. And with that, <laughs> we're going to end it there. Thanks so much for listening. This is the Guys Nice Podcast. We will try and get some stuff out as news comes out. So maybe next week. We'll see. It's all kind of up in the air right now uh, as our lives go. But make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Snapchat at Guys and Ties Pod. Go ahead and follow us on Spotify and iTunes if you want to keep listening to us. And also go check out Armchair Media. Uh, also, I'm going to mention this right now. Armchair is has some scholarships available. Um, and following the senseless murder, murders of Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd, and countless other black community members at the hands of police officers, we want to ensure that we can do what we can to make a tangible effort um, uh, impact on those communities as we grow. And Armchair Media will be issuing four $500 scholarships per semester to aspiring black creatives. So if you've ever been dismissed for having an unrealistic career path, or if you've been butting heads with parents or teachers because they don't recognize exactly what you want to do with your life, or if you have feared to express yourself or put into your work into the world due to potential backlash, we strongly encourage you to apply for this. We recognize that there are no creatives out there who may be bypassed by colleges to pursue other avenues, who didn't get into a college because of their passions didn't translate into collegiate testing, or do not have access to the financial means to pay for college. This is why there are only three requirements for eligibility. You need to be a black creative, you need to be under the age of 21, and you need to submit a project. Uh, It can be graphic design, photography, writing, audio, video, journalism, other creative writing, to scholarship at armchairallamericans.com. So make sure to apply for that or tell someone about it if you know someone who would fit with that. And with that, we will talk to you guys next week. Go Hoosers.